In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20, is this familiar passage. In the text, there was a conversation going on between Jesus and his disciples on the coast of Caesarea, you remember Philippi. And there he asks this questions to his disciples in verse 13. Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, what do you say? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, in the King James Version, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, wherever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. When he warned this, his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. From the Crest Bible reading today, let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for this marvelous celebration today. We thank you for Pastor Relford and his family and to all of the members of Union Wesley and our friends who are in this very place and on streaming with us. We thank you that we can celebrate today. And we pray our Father that you might continue to visit this congregation with your divine spirit. That you will continue to provide everything that they need on this part of the journey. That they will not grow weary in well-doing, but will continue to hold up the name of Jesus. For you said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men and women unto me. And so, Lord, help us to lift the Savior up so that men and women might see the living Christ. And having got a glimpse of who he is, might come running, saying, what must I do to be saved? And now, Lord, speak a word that will empower us to serve you better. So that in 176, we might become more and more like you. For we pray now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. This morning on this 175th anniversary of Founders Day, consider this idea it's a celebration. It's a celebration. Now, I started to go to an old school song that I used to sing a lot. Celebrate good times, but I just decided not to, not to do that because, you know, some of us are just a little bit sanctimonious. And if I start singing, celebrate good times. See, I knew y'all knew it. I knew y'all did. I knew y'all knew it. This is indeed a time to celebrate. Reverend Alice Walker Johnson on Wednesday night in this pre-Founders uh, Day service said we have now walked through an open door. And because we have walked together through this open door, it's time to celebrate. In the scripture, the people of God was always encouraged 
to prepare, to keep, to observe a festival or a feast to celebrate when they received the blessings of God. In Old Testament scripture, celebration was centered on the feast and included eating and singing and the playing of instruments. It often took place in the temple, the center of worship, and at the appointed times of religious observances. But celebration in the scripture also took place at other times. When the walls of Jerusalem were finished, you remember in the book of Nehemiah under his supervision, the Levites were brought back into the city of Jerusalem to lead in the celebration and to dedicate the walls. According to chapter 12, verse 27 to 28, it was a time of joyful celebration. In the last book of the Bible, Malachi ends with celebration. And when we get to the New Testament in the Gospels, especially of Mark, Matthew, and Luke, announces and celebrates the birth of Jesus the Christ. And we know that Jesus himself celebrated the Passover, and while he did, instituted a new way of communing. He instituted the Lord's Supper. My sisters and brothers, today is Founders Day, 175 years, and it's time to celebrate. We celebrate today what God has done. We celebrate today what God is doing, and we celebrate what God is yet to do. We remember the small handful of, of members who gathered in the home of Gassaway Waters in 1844. We remember that they grew increasingly uh, dissatisfied with the barriers of racism and segregation experienced in the Mount Zion Methodist Episcopal Church and so decided to start their own church where they could worship and serve God freely. My sisters and brothers, we know that Union Western was not born in the very posh and historical and commercial place called Georgetown today. But in the time when Union Wesley was born, Georgetown was once a thriving center of the slave trade, where men, women, and children transported from Africa were sold to plantations in Maryland and Virginia. We know that the Georgetown was once a thriving community of African Americans, of, of commerce, of schools, and of churches. Union Wesley African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church, 19th Street Baptist Church, Jerusalem Baptist Church, First Baptist Church of Georgetown, just to name a few. But soon a combination of legislative, social, and economic pressures and urban renewal called gentrification today forced many African Americans or black folk back in the day out of Georgetown. In 1960, when the Reverend Dr. George Lincoln Smith was appointed to Union Wesley, things were changing in America. Every urban sitter was changing. Many African-American churches in Georgetown began to wrestle with how to grow and continue to do ministry as they witnessed a changing community. 
The late Reverend Dr. George Lincoln Smith, officers and members of Union Wesley, began to wrestle too. Under his leadership, his visionary leadership and the support of a majority of the congregation, in 1967, the church agreed to sell its property on 23rd and L Street, Northwest Washington, D.C., and to relocate to the Avondale community. This community at that time was changing like it's changing now. And many African Americans were moving into this neighborhood. And so we purchased this church, 1860 Michigan Avenue Northeast. And at the time we were worshiping not in this wonderful sanctuary, but we were worshiping what's now in the fellowship hall, amen. I, I know the story a little bit, amen. And while in the fellowship hall, they began to dream, Pastor. Dream of a, a new sanctuary where they could worship God in the same place. And so thus it was done. On this present site, there have only been four pastors on this present site. Now, Union Wesley has had um, many ministers in her history. But on this present site, in this present facility, there have only been four. And so you ought to give yourselves a hand. Amen. Because I know some churches that I visited frequently who had more than that. Amen. That tells me of the stability of the congregation. That tells me of the love of their church, of the congregation, when they cannot change a pastor every two years because they can't seem to get along. Amen. The Reverend Dr. George Lincoln Smith, the Reverend Dr. Wesley Wade Bowden, the Reverend Dr. Alvin T. Durant, and today the Reverend Dr. Brian Els Railfoot. Each of us dreaming, serving the people and serving God. My sisters and brothers, each of them ministers, lay people, congregation, made numerous contributions and many sacrifices so that we can be on this corner, amen. And as we continue to serve God in this place and follow the leadership of your current pastor, I believe that the best is yet to come, amen. This is a celebration because we have a glorious heritage born out of struggle and sacrifice. And because we were born out of struggle and sacrifice, it gives us reasons to celebrate today. We celebrate a glorious foundation. Jesus' teaching in the text causes not only the disciples, but all of us to answer the same question. First, he asks a question concerning public opinion. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? And they began to answer in various ways. Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are Elijah and others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And so I ask you the question, Union Wesley, in this new season of ministry and service under this pastor, 
What are people saying about Union Wesley? Have you taken the time to listen to what they have to say? As we know in D.C., some churches are no longer with us because they are closing their doors. In fact, about a year ago, one having served this community for a numerous amount of years, closed its doors. And what I found ironic was, Brother Pastor, was that on the day that they were closing, they had 700 people in the sanctuary. But before that, they could barely put 25 in the sanctuary. That's a terrible, horrible picture. You mean you'd rather come when I'm closing than when I'm yet alive? Amen. So my sisters and brothers, what are people saying about us? There are all kinds of opinions in Jesus' day. And we know what the scripture has to say. But Jesus is not concerned about public opinion. He is concerned about personal conviction. What do you as an individual member have to say about your church? Pastor just finished praying saying this is our church. But what do you as an individual, what's your personal conviction about your church? Do you really love Union Wesley like you say you do? Amen. Do you really hold her in prayer like you say you do? Do you really give to Union Wesley like you claim you do? Do you really serve Union Wesley like you say you do? Do you really hold your pastor up in high regard? Do you hold the officers up in high regard? Do you pray when times get rough and the going gets tough? What's your personal conviction about the place where you claim you love? Amen. All of them had an opinion, and only one had the right one. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. My sisters and brothers, it's not relevant what we say. But it's always relevant what he says. What does Jesus have to say, not only about the church, but about you? What does Jesus have to say about you? About your personal conviction? About your service in ministry? What does he have to say about you? Because after all, he is watching. He is looking. He is listening. So what does he have to say about you? And when the right stuff came out of Peter, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, that's it. You're so smart. That's it. And so every time, my sisters and brothers, he looks at us. When Jesus looks at our lives, he ought to see himself in us. He ought to see the Christ in us. Living out his examples day by day. My prayer is today that every time we open our mouths about Jesus, that we'll get it right too. Peter's response, if we notice in the text, was a public confession. 
it was an outward confession. It was a public confession. It was a bold confession, which is the way that all of us who claim to know Christ ought to do it. Amen. Our confession, my sisters and brothers, ought to be outward. Our confession about Christ ought to be public. I say it all the time. There's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. There's no such a person who cannot boldly say to the world that I belong to Jesus. Plain and simple. And so when you go to work on Monday, if you've been trying to be a secret agent Christian saying I love Jesus in my heart, well, he wants it to come out of your heart. Amen. He wants everybody where you work to know that you belong to Jesus. Boldly say it. Boldly proclaim it. In Peter's confession, again, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My sisters and brothers, in worship right here at Union Wesley, we often sing, and we sang it this morning. I didn't know we were going to sing it, Pastor, but we sang it. The church is one foundation. Is Jesus Christ her Lord? As we go through this open door, uh, Pastor Alice said, through this open door of worship. I was here, so I heard the sermon. Of work, you remember? And of witness. We go through on a solid foundation. A foundation that has a glorious foundation that is safe and solid and secure that will endure for all times because Jesus built his church on a solid rock. And so this morning we celebrate a glorious foundation, but also we celebrate a God-given faith. In the text, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter did not get it out of a book, and it didn't come to him because of his own intellect. Faith, my sisters and brothers, is not a matter of human reasoning. It is a matter of heavenly revelation. And I'm so thankful today that I've been a part of the Amy Zion Church because it is in the Amy Zion Church where I first saw the light. It was in the Amy Zion Church at Hood Temple Church in Richmond where I first met the Lord, where I first got a divine revelation of what faith is because my parents took the time to take me to church, to Sunday school, to prayer meeting, the Bible study. And yes, we were in church on Sunday all day long but I thank God this morning because it was there that I found faith the faith that is a simple grain of mustard seed the faith that has sustained me throughout all of my life the faith that helps me when time gets rough and the going gets tough faith that continues to remind me of who I am and what I've confessed that I am faith faith that part of my life that was hammered in me in Sunday school 
And while I thought my Sunday school teachers, Mr. Oscar Brown, was being difficult, always wanted us to memorize the scripture lesson, always wanted us to come back the next Sunday and to recite it without using a note. I thought they were so hard on us, but I thank God that they were hard on us because I met the Lord because of their godly admonition. I met the Lord because of their insistence that I come to church on Sunday morning. Anybody else besides me? I'm glad they made me come. Now, now of course, they made you do everything else, too. I, I don't get these new parents. The, the, I, I don't understand these new parents who let their children decide whether or not they're going to have faith in Christ. I, I, don't, understand, I don't understand these new parents. I don't, I don't understand that. I asked one of the one parent one time, Brother Pastor, I said, she asked me, will I have to make my child go to, go to church? And I paused before I thought about it. And I asked her the question, I said, do you make him go to sleep at night? She said, I sure do, because he need his rest. I said, do you make him eat his collard greens? She said, yeah, because he needs some vitamin C, D, and all the rest. I said, do you make him drink milk? She said, yeah. Uh, because he needed all the nutrients. I said, do you make him go to school? She said, yeah, otherwise, if I don't make him, he won't go. I said, the same thing about going to church. You got to make him go. In my house, my mama and them made me do everything. They made me put on my clothes, and if they didn't like the ones I put on, they told me take them off and put on some new ones. Amen. They made me. Amen. I didn't get a vote in the matter until I was grown and out the house. <laughs> and because they made me, because they encouraged me, I have a strong faith in the Lord to this very day. My sisters and brothers, let me remind you that it is by faith we are saved. It is by faith that we come to know God better. It is by faith that we go through this open door to worship, to serve, and to witness to the world. Because without faith, the epistle says it's impossible to please God without faith. And so my sisters and brothers, I'm so glad that we can celebrate not only a glorious foundation upon this rock I'll build my church but also we can celebrate a God given faith I thank God for the ancestors who walked before me in faith and showed me what faith looked like I thank God for pastors and Sunday school teachers and mamas and grandmothers and great grandmothers who modeled the faith and say it to me, if you want to go to heaven, you need to have faith too. And my sisters and brothers, I tell you this morning, if you plan on going to heaven, you need faith too. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And I celebrate this morning along with the ancestors that God has given me a faith. A faith that will not shrink, though pressed by every foe. When the devil comes, my faith kicks in to remind me of who I belong to. 
to remind me that I am more than conquerors through him who loves me. My faith kicks in when the storms of life are rage. I call on him to stand by me when I've done everything I can and my friends don't understand. My faith said, my soul looks up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be holy thine. We celebrate a God-given faith today to all of the sainted persons who walked the halls of this church. We celebrate them today. Just think with me. Some of you in this room right now are in the Lord because of someone walking these halls. Somebody modeling the faith before you. Somebody talking to you about God and, and God's importance in your life. As the pastor said this morning, some of you are saved this morning. All because somebody modeled it before you. And some of you are stronger this morning. Because somebody in faith came to you and said, don't you worry about it. God's going to make a way. Faith that helps us to do the kinds of things we need to do, even now. And then finally, as I close, we celebrate a guaranteed future. Notice with me in the text, and there is a boast of confidence in the words of Jesus when he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's a, there's a kind of confidence in Jesus. I don't know whether he stood up or not. I don't know whether he reared up or not because it doesn't say so in the text. But Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I'll build my church. But I want you to know, Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so sometimes in this world, as you think about the church, I'm not talking about this building, I'm talking about the church that is you. As you think about the church, you need to rear your shoulders back and look the devil in the face and say to him, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church because on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There are so many of us in the church saying, hold the fort. It's comfortable in here. And my sisters and brothers, as we take that stand, we ought to be singing onward Christian soldiers. Jesus did not put the church on this earth merely to survive. But Jesus wanted the church to grow and to thrive. In the text, the word hell or Hades literally means the abode of the dead. The abode of the dead was a place of darkness and despair. It is the job of Union Wesley and in all communities of churches in the world to go out into the community and storm the gates of hell knowing that we have the victory. We ought to tell them that Satan has no power. We ought to tell them who are wrestling with the darkness of this world that Satan has no power, that there is a light brighter shone in the world. And this little light just so happens to be in my life. 
We are to storm into the world in the midst of all that's happening in our communities and in America to say to them that in the midst of darkness there is light, that in the midst of darkness there is hope, in the midst of darkness there is love and peace and joy. Just think about it with me for a minute, Union Wesley. Down through the years, the Lord has been good to you. There has been persecutions and problems from within and from without. You have endured racism and segregation in community. And you were burned and attacked by ungodly hated people. You faced challenges and hardships and struggles. And sometimes weakened by your own selfishness and strife. But everybody say, by God's grace. Come on with me, I'm going somewhere. By God's grace. You've been able to stand for 175 years. Uh -huh. By God's grace, you're still standing strong. And by grace, you've got a long way to go. And thank God, you don't go alone. Come on, let's put our hands together for God today. My sisters and brothers, Jesus loved the church and gave his life for the church. It is my prayer that we will love Union Wesley and give our lives in faithful service and commitment to this church in community until it lasts in that eternal church. We will all gather in heaven with God. And we will do so uh, because we celebrate a glorious foundation. And we will do so because we held on to the faith that has brought us thus far on the way. And we do so because we know there is a glorious future for us, not only on this plane of existence, but there is a glorious future for us when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing there will be. Now we are celebrating 175 years today, but when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. Now, I'm not sure whether they're going to be playing celebrate good times, come on in heaven. But I do know what a day of rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. Union Wesley, continue to stand on the glorious foundation on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Continue to hold on to the faith. Let no one sway you from the faith you built in God. Let them come with all kinds of teaching and all kinds of philosophy and all kinds of stuff. But you continue to say, my faith is in Jesus Christ.
the living God, the soon coming king. And he's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle and continue to celebrate that I've got a glorious future. Because as soon as my feet strike Zion, I'm going to lay down my heavy burdens. I'm going to put on my robe in glory. I'm going to shout and tell the story. As soon as I see Jesus, I'm going to tell him all about my trouble. I'm going to tell him how I came through. I'm going to tell him how hard it was sometimes. I'm going to tell him about the tears I cried. And Revelation said in that moment, he'll wipe all tears from my eyes. And then I'm going to stop and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving a wretch like me. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Thank you, Jesus. Then I'm going to put on my shouting shoes. And I'm going to remember the song that says, celebrate good times. Come on. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.